When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Bigfoot Collectors Club presents Terrifying Tales from Zombie Bigfoot's Cryptid Crypt! <laughs> I know a ghost story about you! Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Bigfoot Collectors Club, the show where we talk to amazing guests about their personal. It's a very personal paranormal history and share stories of high strangeness. I'm your host, Michael McMillan. With me always is your other host, Bryce Johnson. And you know what, Bryce? For once, I would like one October when we could have the whole family together. Is that too much to ask? (laughs) Can we get through one month of the spooky season without one of us leaving the show temporarily? Yeah, hey, we're busy boys, but we got a we got a little uh, slumber boys party coming up, so I'm pretty that, excited that, about that. That's true. For people who haven't been <laughs> listening giving, to the show, yeah. they might wonder what the hell we mean. But unfortunately, Riley Bray will only be here in spirit tonight because he's off uh, on location filming something with no Wi-Fi. Uh, but you know, last October, Bryce, you were on hiatus. It's been a couple years since we've all spent a Halloween together, and oh, I just. Man. I want all my boys together. <clears throat> we'll do it. Just we'll one find week. something. Uh, it is terrifying tales from Zombie Bigfoot's Cryptid Crypt all month long. Uh, we are sharing stories that are extra spooky, extra spooky stories of high strangeness this month, of course, because it's Halloween. Uh, and you know what? We're going to bring tonight's guest right in. We've been chatting with them for about 15 minutes already, and I've heard some <laughs> yeah, terms. They're, they're being vaguely quiet over there. I <laughs> this think. is why. I know they're working they're hard at that. <laughs> <laughs> there they, are. There they the, are. I've heard I've heard at least one revolting term already. Uh, I won't repeat it now. Uh, I think we're all in for a treat. Let me just say that. Tonight's guests are the podcasting duo behind Crime Scene Queens, and they are setting the record straight and diving into the science of your true crime obsession each week these forensic experts set out to curb the csi effect i know all about that because i've auditioned for them at least 100 times and tell you (laughs) what really goes down at the scene perhaps they can analyze what the hell's going on in this clubhouse am i right club scouts of all timelines please welcome shelly hate and laura zinn yes hi guys thank you here we are here we Thanks are. Thanks for having us. Oh, it's our so, pleasure. We've been dying to get some true crime into our clubhouse for the longest time. So you are most welcome to be here. Well, well thank you. Hopefully we pass excited. the test and we can be, yeah. yeah, and hopefully we can be some uh, some club scouts after this episode. <laughs> oh, you're already in. You're already in. Yes. Now, uh, Laura, you are, Laura, you're weathering the eye of Hurricane yeah. Ian right now. Is this true or, or, or not true? <sighs> I wouldn't say that I had to weather the eye. I don't want any stolen valor, but I will say that okay, we <laughs> we were close enough into proximity to where the internet is a little dicey right now. Um, thankfully, Great. I did not suffer any property damage, but most 
people in my area have. So I have um, a lot of blessings uh, to count right now. Um, But as a lifelong Floridian, I'm not trying to sound like apathetic, but this kind of just comes with the territory. I've been through over Mm -hmm. 13 (laughs) severe hurricanes. So (laughs) (laughs) I'm a professional. So can I... Yeah, Can I just right. totally call Laura out for a second? Oh, uh-oh. So, uh, yeah, no, no, it's happening. All right. Oh, so I'm like freaking out. I'm like, oh my God, Laura, are you okay? I'm like texting her. And the text I get back is she says, while y'all are worried about us Floridians, you think that like we're freaking out? No, we're having a hurricane party where we, yeah. eat <laughs> we do whatever have we want and we drink a ton. And I'm like, right. Oh, we drink you drink a lot for no yeah. reason? Yeah. yeah. So that, she that, sends me like photos. That feels so Britney Spears uh, till the end of the world. You know what I mean? If, if the, the end world of the world's coming, right. you got a party. Keep it's, on dancing till the world ends. That's right. Well, you know, and it's funny. <laughs> our local grocery store, because I don't know if you guys have this store in California, but we like are all about Publix here in Florida. And they mm, even make hurricane no, cakes because no. we always buy like disgusting <laughs> snacks and drink the whole time. And then the rule in Florida is you don't have to worry about the storm unless Jim Cantori from the Weather Channel shows up in your town and then it's time to freak out. <laughs> like is, is that, there are so the many memes you guys keyword? no no okay the, so the no there was a we have no? a superstition all right what shelly's referring to is we have a superstition in um crime scene investigation you never ever 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 use the q word or you're fucked i don't know if you use that language on the show here i am okay if you say the word yeah we're well, fine what's a q word better yeah, than fuck it, what's a q word it's another word for shh it, wait, what, what, what's the opposite of being loud? Okay, uh, quiet. got it. Okay. If you say <laughs> that things are the Q word, then you are about to get blown mm-hmm. up. Shootings, stabbings, homicides, banana sandwich. Like that's the superstition. So right before the hurricane, I was watching the Weather Channel and they had the field agent and the meteorologist or the anchor was like oh how's it looking over there and the guy in the field goes oh well it's actually pretty insert q word and so i freak out because next thing you know the hurricane goes from a category three to a five in less than like an hour and i'm like it's because it's because he said the q word word. but no jim cantori we have a hurricane hitting los angeles right now how can you live like you can't you can't live like that the hurricane, well, the hurricane not- that's hit in Los Angeles is the song by the Scorpions. So settle down. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Well, <laughs> you know, you live like that when you live a life on call. You just kind of work your way around the superstitions. Um, mm. I think that it only applies I- if you're referring to impending chaos. I think you can use it day to day. Okay. Impending okay, chaos. Okay, so this only. is a good. Oh, go ahead, Michael. This is a good. This is a good place to check in and just clarify for our listeners, what okay. is it that you you do exactly for, uh, as a profession? So I've been in crime scene investigation. Who are you asking? Yeah. Both of you. <laughs> well, I've been a CSI since Laura, 2010. Go. Yeah. Oh, you want me to say it again now? <laughs> I've no, been a you're CSI great. Since- you're, you, and, you and Bryce are right, right in sync tonight. <laughs> this is great. Bryce, we're kindred. We're going to be fine. Okay, so I have been in CSI since 2010. I have um, my master's degree in it. Um, Basically, I my very 
crass friend says I'm a corpse wrangler, which actually isn't true, but um, I basically investigate uh, violent crime or property crimes for evidence. Um, uh, you know, we discuss a lot that most CSIs aren't actually law enforcement officers, which is a common misconception, though some of them are. My job is hmm. the, the collection, the preservation, and the analysis of evidence. So, Damn, all about wow. that evidence. That's all amazing. About that base, right? And you yeah. still have time to podcast. I have four jobs, <laughs> actually. Um, amazing. And- <laughs> yes. Yeah. And-, yeah. and how about you, Shelly? <clears throat> well, so I've been in the legal field for about 25 years. And on top of that, I have a teaching degree. So I also have a forensics degree and I teach forensics and I also teach Whoa. courtroom testimony. So I dabble in both and then I go out on crime scenes, but when I do it, I can't get paid for it because of my job. So I actually have to do it for free. So I just have fun going out and seeing stuff that you can't unsee. Wow. Whoa. This is we see a lot. You can't good times. Yeah. Yeah. Good yeah, times. How do Man, you cope so with yeah. that? Like, let's get into it. Like, what's uh, the best way to cope with? Bath so bomb, everybody right? has their. Yeah, exactly. So everybody has their different, like a different coping mechanism. Um, this is kind of actually evolving on the crime scene mm. uh, uh, aspect of this since I started, you know, I would say that crime scene investigators were expected to have a level of resiliency mentally um, Mm -hmm. through the Mm -hmm. duration of the science that was not very realistic or healthy. Um, A lot of the ways that I used to cope with it was simply talking about it. I am not a bottle upper. I'm kind of the opposite. In fact, I have no tact um, whatsoever. In fact, I get in trouble for my mouth. a lot, which is why I podcast. (laughs) So if something bothered me, I was out with it. Though I will tell you there's kind of, you know, maybe you guys can actually contribute to this thought as actors, even though it's much, much different. When I'm on a scene, my brain is in a different place and I'm not looking at a body. I'm looking at a a part of my job. So I'm a different, like I'm a commute. I, everything, the way that I move is different. The way that I speak is different. The way that my brain is processing information is completely different. Um, and I don't really know how to explain that. Other, You're in the zone. You get yeah, in the I'm zone. Yeah, I'm in the zone. So, of course, I have the awareness that what I'm looking at is sad, tragic. But the way that I take that information and turn it into something that's healthy is I'm like, oh, well, this is a really bad situation. So I'm going to be the best CSI I can. It's almost motivating the more sad things get. Mm-hmm. but. That being said, things have absolutely crept in. There are cases that still cross my mind from the beginning of my career. There are victims' names that I will literally never forget and also suspects' names. Um, So my coping mechanism was to be the opposite of a bottle-upper. And also really, really dark gallows humor um in fact sometimes yeah yeah Yeah. Yeah. but that has been like even through the duration of the podcast we've gotten feedback that like we sound uncaring or unkind or um insensitive to victims when that's not the case it's just that if you can't take this very serious heavy thing and make it funny 
you're not going to survive. Yep. So we have to have gallows crazy. humor. Yeah. You will go crazy. And it doesn't mean that we well, don't that. care. Yeah. That's all right. So that's my explanation. <laughs> yeah. Shelley. So for me, uh, yeah. So for me, I just uh, pretty much turn it into science. So if I'm looking at something that the normal person shouldn't ever look at, mm-hmm. I think, okay, um, I could vomit right now. Or I could think about how this is going to happen scientifically and I just, I take out all emotion and I spin it around while I'm on scene. And then after that, I go home and sometimes I will get in the shower and cry or sometimes I will just like laugh because it's just an emotion that, and it's not laughing at anything other than myself and just because I have to burst out and I don't like to scream because I'll lose my voice. So like, um, you know, and I also, when I, you know, I said, I, I teach stuff too. So when I teach stuff, I also tell people, I say, when you smile and when you laugh, you release different endorphins. And so it just completely like resets your body and changes your body. So you have to have something. So that's what I do. I'm a big laugher in uncomfortable and like scary, sometimes scary situations, honestly, (laughs) you know what I mean? Or like on a roller coaster, you won't see me scream. You'll see me laugh. Oh, me too. And in, and in like my girlfriend knows this, from watching movies with me in like super violent, crazy scenes in movies, like action movies. And my brother-in-law does this as well. Cause I've seen a lot of movies with them. I will be cackling with laughter. Really? And I sound like a maniac. In yeah. the oh, no. so you might be the only other person in the movie theater that is laughing with me. <laughs> it's it's a psychological defense mechanism is what Agreed. it is. And, and it's, it, fight it's or the flight. only way to stay sane in a job like you guys have. And you know what? Thank God for people who do this profession who are staring into the abyss, whether it's uh, uh, men and women uh, who wear the uniform for a military or law enforcement mm-hmm. or people who work crime scenes, uh, you know, morgues, morticians, you name it. There are professions where people unfortunately as a side of the job have to like look into the darkest recesses of the human mind and and, yeah. and sometimes it looks back and i would imagine that'd be pretty fucking scary bryce yeah. and i are looking down an existential darkness of whether or not people love us that's kind of oh. our fear <laughs> as in our profession do they want us on their uh, TV show or their movie. It's terrifying. It really is. I have cried in a shower before, so I'm just saying yeah. maybe, you know, good for we, you. All, we all co- we all have to come up with coping mechanisms. Hey, you know, here's a good segue question. What do you guys think about this, uh, the performance of an actor or the, the job of an actor like this guy who's playing someone like Dahmer, something that's so mm. dark and and it's obviously stirring up so many emotions with the with the victims' families. I mean, yes, that must be I a dark posted process about this. to get into yeah. the character of that. Yeah. I wouldn't want a job like that. I I don't know if I could take on a, a job like that and do it true justice because I, I don't want to scratch around in those recesses. Yeah. Exactly. Well, exactly. The, there's a couple of things that have surfaced about that show. Um, victims' families are pissed. They don't like that they're yeah. Yeah. being reenacted. Victims' families are definitely upset. Yeah, they're really upset. Right. They're saying it, it like how with them first. It, they weren't even talked about. Yeah, they weren't cons- they they weren't given consent or given the opportunity for consent or a conversation and. It's my understanding that there is – I haven't watched the show, um, but there's a scene where a victim's sister gets partici- um, particularly emotional during trial, and they duplicated that for the show, mm. and she is deeply hurt by this. And she's like, how 
many times do I have to be re-traumatized because they keep resurfacing the pain of my brother. We don't want this. So as far as right. actually answering your question, Evan Peters, I mean, is if you watch him throughout the duration of American Horror Story, he seems quite comfortable in that dark place. So I would imagine it's a personal choice for an actor. Yeah. 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 That's, that, my that's thought. answered well. And I, you know, I think it's the job. Yeah. It's an, and it's a good thought. I think it's the job of art to sort of lay mm-hmm. this out before the, the general masses as well, because if it wasn't for like movies like this, that have sort of sensationalized these, yeah. these villains, look, we're all, we're all villains in our own right, but I get it. They sensationalize this, but, but it sort of allows people access to these to these dark things that do exist in our society. And, and it's a way mm-hmm. for them to sort of parse it out. And, and, you know, I get it. They, you know, they sensationalize it and they wrap it up in a nice bow. But, but at the same time, I mean, people are learning that, Oh my God, there are people out there like this. I should right. be a, maybe a little bit more aware of this, you know? Well, my gentle yeah. pushback yeah, exactly. on that Bryce is that everybody was well aware of Dahmer before this show. And Secondarily, there are plenty of victims' families that do want the awareness and do give their consent, and they want the stories told for exactly what you're saying. But people, when they've already been traumatized or victimized or had to suffer loss like this, they have the right to privacy. And it's not very fair that they're being exploited for money. Now, I, I... wanted to answer it and say gently because I get your point. We do need to understand this dark aspect of human nature. Like it's important for safety. It's important for like many things, but I can't imagine how I would feel if my sister was murdered and my family wanted to heal privately because you'll never, you'll never heal from that. And I keep seeing podcast after podcast or TV movie after TV oh movie God, made, right. it would it would right. it would be awful. Right. And so, empathy is a big thing for us, you know. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah for sure. Well, for here's sure. here's what I want to know. Sorry, we got dark. We ask all of our questions. <laughs> no, I'm so excited! No. I'm so it's, excited it's, for this. It's October month. We're okay to get dark I'm, now. I'm, you know? I'm so clapping. Like I'm yeah. I'm fully clapping. I'm so excited for this. Good. I'm picturing, yeah. you know. When I think of forensics and the unexplained, of course, my mind goes to Dr. Dana Scully from (laughs) X-Files and some strange things that they might have found on a case or a crime scene. Mm -hmm. Now, I don't know if there's ever this, the, the, the world of the unexplained or the paranormal have ever, has ever crossed over with, with your field, but yep. Have you guys ever seen anything in your lives that you can't explain? Maybe on the job. What is your personal paranormal history? Shelly, let's start with you. Oh, my gosh. Absolutely. I have I have two stories because I thought about this. So I have two stories that one is just like a super crazy weird thing. And it's funny because I've actually talked to a couple of coworkers about it. And this is legit. So in my building at work, it's an older building. And when I'm in trial, I am, you know, almost 24 seven working. And so I'll go into work and I'll get there super early or else I'll work until super early. And I'm talking, you know, two, three, four o'clock in the morning sometimes. Jeez. And there is a presence of a female that is in the building. And hmm. she, I normally see her in the bathroom and our bathrooms are, you know, when you go in there, the lights turn on. And so sometimes I, 
our bathrooms are in the hallway too. So we have to exit our office to go to the bathroom. And sometimes I know I'm there alone. There's no one on my floor. Absolutely no one. I'm the only one on my floor in this building. And I'll open my the door to my office to look down the hall and the light in the bathroom's on. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah. but uh, I have to go pee. So I'm going to go. So I start walking down the hallway and then well, I'm sure I she understands like that. see the door kind of open. Yeah, exactly. And so I see the door like open and I see this like this this female and she just goes in the bathroom. You saw so you're an seeing appar- what? You're I'm seeing not yeah, you. a full well, form apparition. Seen. Yes, but it, it's it's like um it's like a silhouette of a female. Huh. And she's I mean, I'm short, so she's just a smidge taller than me. And the first time I saw this vision, I I freaked. I thought that I was, you know, I was like, I am exhausted because this cannot be true. And then right. I saw her again. And you hear, like, I hear things. And so, for instance, uh, the a really, really good friend of mine at work, the secretary on our team, she asked me the other day, She we talked about this, and she said, have you seen the girl? And I'm like, <laughs> what, what, what girl are you talking about? She told me about her as well. There's Jeez. another paralegal that I work with that tells me, yes, I see her all the time. She always goes in the bathroom. Hmm. So this is a girl that is in our building and it is just a spirit. And she's very sweet, very nice. And That's like when good. she goes in there, I'm like, hey, I'm just going to go to the restroom. That's all I, you know, do you want me to hold the door open for you? Do you need, you know, mm-hmm. need some, you need anything? A I'm, I'm here. Yeah. It's cool. Like we're friends. Right. Yeah. Like we're <laughs> friends. So it's cool. So that's something that like I, you know, that and, you know, when I was younger, the Ouija board, like, you know, messed around with that and stuff. But oh, speaking. Wow. Yeah. So that's like my mini story. And then this one is absolutely crazy. So secretary, again, she tells me this story. It's actually a f- kind of a well-known story about lo- about Las Margaritas. And so it's a couple of high school kids. Uh, they were out partying and there was this empty house that is in their little town and they all went over to this empty house and they're partying they're drinking they're listening to music whatever and then they start to play the Ouija board and they ask Mm. there's two girls so they're the two girls are cousins and they ask the Ouija board when are we gonna die and the Ouija (sighs) board says tonight so they're like we're out of here so they all get in there in this truck and they're getting ready to drive back into town to leave this place because now they're all freaked out and the two uh girls margaritas they're both both their names are margarita so the two margaritas they get in the back of the truck in the bed because you know it's mexico and you can ride in the back of the truck it's not a big deal and there might have been or it's uh 1985 and my granddad is driving (laughs) his four small grandchildren (laughs) or or it's 1995 and i'm cruising the strip in fort collins colorado and being a high school kid or it's the 2000s Or at the yeah. 2000s and a bunch of hot guys that had a was, truck and I did 2000s. what I needed to do. <laughs> <laughs> All right, there you go. There you go. There there you go. go. Yeah. So anyway, so, so Los these, you know, they, yeah, so Los, is, yeah, so Las Margaritas. And so they, they get in an, a car accident. And one of the, one of the margaritas, uh, unfortunately, her face gets completely like ripped off. Whoa. And yeah. And the other margarita, she ends up dying. And my secretary's cousin is 17. They pronounce her dead. This is such a small town. They bring my secretary's cousin to a neighboring town because they don't have really a hospital there and they don't have a morgue. So they take her to the morgue. My secretary's cousin is 17 at the time. 
wakes up in the fridge at the morgue. <gasps> Shut the door. Dead serious. She is in her 40s now. Lives to tell about it. But oh, on to that story. So wait, the Margarita his, cousin. Yeah. yeah. What, wait, this is the faceless girl in the accident no, or the no, one that they no, thought no, the, other was, one, the other one that died. No. This is not the two margaritas. This oh. is a third. This is a third person because we're getting back to the margaritas. So oh, this wow. is so okay, okay. girls die on scene. Oh my god! Okay. One girl gets her face ripped off. The other margarita just dies, and then my secretary's other cousin, she who ends was up in the dying. accident, who was in the accident as well, because there's like okay. a, a truck full of, of people, yes. and so she ends up going to a morgue in a neighboring town, wakes up in the refrigerators. Mm. Oh god! Yeah. Lives to tell about it today. Oh my okay. god! So, yeah, pretty crazy. Yeah. So then, the Margaritas cousins have been seen on the side of the road hitchhiking, and people will pull over, and they're like, "We just need to go to town." No. And so they'll pull over, let the girls in, and the girls always want to ride in the bed of the truck where that's where they died. They always want to ride in the bed of the truck, and oh so they hitchhike, god. get in the bed of the truck, and people go over the hill, and at the very bottom of the hill is is the end of town. And they, you know, all right, we're here, and they turn around and they're gone. Like they're not, they're they're not even there. Classic phantom hitchhiker, a real C right? P H. That's yeah, yep, yeah. Phantom hitchhiker. These are stories that are all around. Like you can huh. go to almost any area of the country, and there's stories of phantom hitchhikers. There's uh, what what's the one in Chicago? Not Revelation Mary, Resurrection Mary's one. Yeah, there oh, was I've one. Yeah, there's another one, and I was doing research for a future episode. There's another one in Indiana, another Mary, who um, shows up, and she's like, you know, got killed on the way to prom, and she's still in her prom dress. And yeah. these stories exist, you know. They, they not mm-hmm. to say that it's they don't exist because or they exist because they're just passed around. They might exist because this stuff happens. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? It's that su- Yeah. Super crazy. But pe- some people say that they see then they, and they don't pull over because they're like, one of the girls doesn't look like she has a face. Like this is yeah. really yeah. weird. Yeah. So they don't pull over for the hitchhikers, but how no. crazy, no, super crazy. No. So yeah. Terrifying. Do not, do not pull over for, for ghost girls. I, I just don't no. do it. I won't do it. <laughs> yeah. What about Lydia, the phantom hitchhiker? That's a What's really good. Can we just stop? That was a real. That's really. A, that's great story. I, I, can, I mean, that's got my mind. That's got my mind reeling, man. You know. Yeah, we, the North Carolina one. Yeah, it's it's so interesting. Because Lydia, the seems- Phantom Hitchhiker in North Carolina. Yes, Greensboro. I'm looking this yep. up right now. Doesn't it uh, seem like like these things are on like a, a loop uh, uh, per se, as opposed to like having sort of an actual. Uh, you know, con- uh, individual consciousness as an apparition, or let's say a a, a soul that is, hasn't gone to the other side. It seems like a yeah. like a playback loop, right? You know, we of- often talk about on this podcast things that end in high traumatic emotional uh, energy bursts, which can often be violent crime. I would imagine um, mm-hmm. it can leave an imprint, you know. And they call this the they stone tape. Th- yeah, it it can leave sort of. Uh, yeah. A, a lasting impression on on whatever this sort of energy field that surrounds us, and and maybe that's what some of these playback apparitions are. These phantom hitchhikers. You guys yeah. visit a lot of sort of traumatic scenes. Do yes. you ever pick up on any of this psychical energy? I have. Oh, yeah. that, that's one of my stories, actually. Um, yeah, I was shall, hoping you were going to tell this one. Okay. Um, well, 
I just in order in an effort to be like chronological um, to your paranormal question, guys, I have started to realize over the past, I would say five years, like whenever somebody asked me a question about whether or not I had a paranormal experience, I always said no. And due to reflecting on like just having like a, you know, like how something triggers a memory you didn't remember. And then now you, the whole thing is there. So something that I carried with me, my dad immigrated from Ireland in the 60s or 70s. And I grew up traveling to Ireland to visit my family. And I have a very distinct memory of being a very young person, probably so young that I shouldn't pull this like to my the forefront of my mind. But you know how you deboard the plane, you go get your luggage, and then typically there's different stages of the airport that you have to walk through to get your luggage. So I remember there being like a waist high wall and then the distance from the top of the wall to the ceiling was glass. So it was completely sealed off, but you could see through half of it. Like like a partition. Yeah. Thank you. That's, that's a much better word. So I was walking with my family and my grandma and grandpa are on the other side of the partition and they're waving at us and they are surrounded by children to the point where I thought that they were sitting and waiting for us on bleachers. And these are all glowing, beautiful, excited, joyous children. And so we walk around the partition and it's just my grandma and grandpa. Hmm. That's, Wow. And I even said That's to them, so where are all the children? Because my grandpa was a reverend canon in the Episcopal Church. So I thought, oh. my tiny mind thought, oh, well, he probably brought the children from the church to say hi to us. Because I was like a young girl and I was trying to justify why my grandparents <laughs> were surrounded by so many kids. And then they all right, disappeared and right. they were like, what are you talking about? And I was like, you guys had a bunch of children all around you. And they're like, no. No, no. Um, so that story. <laughs> just wanted someone to play with. Well, apparently I did. Well, my mom still even says, yeah, do you remember that time you thought there was like a thousand children? Because that's how I described it. So that, that many, happened. Wow. Yeah, it was It was literally that, like, think about stadium bleachers. I thought my grandparents so were just, surrounded wow. by children. Mm-hmm. Can I, can I and, just interject and ask? Oh, go ahead. I'll let you finish. I was just going to say these were not sad children. These were not injured children. They were joyous, glowing, smiling, waving, happy to see me children. Right. I mean, you must have thought about what this is or why that took yeah. place or perhaps why you saw that. Can you yes. tell us? Have you come to any any conclusions or um, guesses? My guess is that my grandpa led a very beloved life. He was the type of clergy that people felt very comfortable genuinely sharing their struggles with him. And Mm. I think that he was literally surrounded by like, I don't know if it's like cherubs or like just such positivity that he. Yeah. I mean, the both of them were like amazing people. So I almost want to think it's regardless of what you believe in, if you want to call it like angels or if you're a universe belief system person, just so much positive energy. Like, I honestly think it was just me seeing uh, what's what's a good word? Like, I don't want to say it dim- interdimensionally, but like almost like I was looking you're through the eyes of the child. behind the veil. 
Yeah, yeah, I like that yeah, much better. I like Thank you. I, I, my childlike yeah. mind didn't have any preconceived notions of how the environment should look, so I was able to see something else. And incredible, mm-hmm. yeah. How totally. that showed up the next time within my cognizant memory was um, my karma work that I do is I teach private yoga to teenagers who need it and. I love that. I was having a session with a young man, and I don't know if your listeners or you guys are familiar with yoga, but in case you're not, we were in Shavasana. Okay, great. So we were in final relaxation. And every time I'm leading, especially a class. Michael Google's Shavasana. It's just laying down on your back after yoga. It's It's, nice. It's it's, the relaxation part. Ironically, it is called corpse pose, ironically. (laughs) but Right, um, right. I send energy this way, like to, to people when they're doing that. Sometimes I'll imagine like all kinds of positive, like white light or gold light on them. And I was sitting with this young man and I had an insanely realistic, creepy vision of a baby being born. Mm. And I couldn't oh. see the mother, but I saw the baby and I f- like the mother felt behind me and I felt her grief. <laughs> And I felt the baby having no pain. And then I found out some months later of seeing this young man that he was adopted. Mm. Oh, that's so trippy. My mentor in yoga said, oh, he opened up to you. So he sent you that memory. And I was like, like okay, well. It's like a psychical parlay. You know what I mean? You're exchanging information without even knowing it. That's wild. Yes. Now, the creepy wow. one that Shelly was excited for me to tell you about. Yeah. Well, hold on real quick. I want to <laughs> know. I want to know when you're getting that vision, are you seeing it in your mind's eye? Like suddenly your thoughts are interrupted with it? Or are you seeing like an overlay with your eyes? Are you suddenly seeing like um, as if two pieces of film were overlapping? You're visually seeing something, you know, translucent over what you're seeing. It felt like a daydream. Do you ever have a daydream so good that you actually need to be snapped out of it? You set us up for that. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. No, I know exactly what you're talking about. I li- listen, this is, it's so incredible. I mean, yeah. man, I, uh, that's wild. I think that I think that my stuff is literally just from you know watching too much Faces of Death when I was younger. <laughs> right, right. Too scared, right. couldn't do it, couldn't yeah. do it. For those of our audience members who who don't know, uh, there there were you know back in the day when there was old video stores, uh, some independent video stores used to have a dark section, and 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 among oh, yeah. other among other sort of nefarious videos, there were these videos called the faces of death. And they were actually recorded videos of people facing their demise in in strange and untimely Some were were fake, but they mixed Uh the fake ones in with the real ones. So you never know. The decapitation was was a cocktail of terror. Oh, they were, you you, you just couldn't stop. I could stop watching. Laura, what's this creepy, creepy one that Shelly's terrified by? (laughs) I don't even think, all right. So Shelly and I just had an episode released called Befuddled and Bewildered, where I talk about this case, but I don't tell this story in it, but Shelly knows it. Okay. Mm -hmm. So basically we had a death investigation and the evidence was very confusing. I couldn't tell if the person had a event a medical event or if there was foul play 
and in this the the body was in the main bedroom so i was standing in there with him and i will admit that i i kind of talk like cuz i do believe that there's lingering that happens yes. um so i do talk to them lingering. sometimes um not every time it's kind of like whenever i feel it so i was talking to him and i said what happened and i used his name um and mm-hmm. I look over on the bed and there's a pendulum. Um, And just to be clear on what I'm talking about, because that word can mean a lot of things. It is a pyramid shaped, usually crystal. Um, This one was rainbow representing all of the chakras. If you don't know what a chakra is, Mr. Google does. And it (laughs) hangs on the end of like a, usually a silver chain and it is meant for you to communicate. So the detectives all come in and they're like, what's that? And I'm like, oh, it's a pendulum. It's We use it sometimes to communicate. And they go, you know how to use that? And I'm like, yeah, I don't really use them myself personally, but I know how to use it. And they said, use it. Mm. Ask him if he got killed. So the rules of a pendulum are you have to establish the yes and the no. So I mm-hmm. ask the air, I said, what's the yes? And it starts to move in a circle. And then you stop it and then you say, okay, what's the no? And it starts to go up and down. So not circular. So I say, okay, did you die naturally? And it says, no. And they're like, okay, you're moving it. I said, no, I'm not moving it. So then we said, okay, were you murdered? And it starts to go in a circle. Hmm. And then I made them all do it and it gave the same answers. And they were so freaked out. And guess what happened? What ended up being the disposition of that case? Murder. A hundred percent. And at this time, I had no bias. One hundred percent murder. Murder. Yes. Wow, murder. So that. 100%. And I also get visits um, in my sleep a lot. Wow. Um, Can I, I just say that I, I, I love that this sort of flies in the face of science. And, and I guess, you know, what yeah. we see on CSI, the TV show. But here you are sort of grasping maybe even outside the box to, to solve the crime, to get yeah. any sort of clue. Oh, I, I love wouldn't this write that. Word. I, <laughs> I wouldn't write that in my crime you... scene report, though. No, I know, I know, but I know, but I yeah. love this word you used, lingering. Like, obviously, you're picking up on something yeah. that's left behind, that's not of this material world. Whether it's just right. energy, or it's a clue, or it's something, it's there to be picked up on and, and used to help uh, just bring this case to justice or solve a, a crime. <sighs> Yeah, and I mean, I have to be honest, I wouldn't ever scientifically quantify that. But due to the nature of this conversation, I feel like it's appropriate. Like, I... Absolutely. Okay, so this might be a petty comparison to people who have suffered great loss, but I have suffered loss of animals in my past few years. And they linger. I see them and hear them all throughout my house, and they usually linger for about two weeks. Um, And then typically a couple of months after they pass, they come for a visit in my dream, and then I don't hear from them for a while. But I've lost Mm -hmm. about four dogs in five years, and the formula has been the same. They linger. Wow. So I don't know if it's me. I don't know if it's wishful thinking. I don't know if it's mandala effect. I don't know if it's what I want to be. But regardless, I have very, I think the term is lucid dreams, like that where Mm. I wake up and I'm surprised I'm in my bed. Yeah. Yeah. But those are my stories. (laughs) 
Fantastic. Yeah. Michael, that's got a ring. I mean, I mean, that's Oh yeah. I've definitely can relate you. to I lost a very dear pet um 2 yeah. years ago and we'll yeah. still have very very vivid yeah. dreams where he visits and I'm like I can smell him, I can feel, you know, even if it is like just my brain replaying a tape of the sense memory, it's it's like that's pretty fucking cool, but it is it's often like and sometimes I have dreams where I'm like, oh, he's here, but I know I'm dreaming and I know it's not him. I know this is a dream of Albie. And then sometimes I'm like, oh, Albie is 100 percent here. You know what I mean? There's a difference. Mine was Brody. Oh, and the other thing that's really quick. um, When I was pregnant with my first daughter, my grandma visited every night at 3 a.m. She woke me up to tell me about how things should go with my kid. (laughs) She was wow. so that. That's bossy. the afterthought one. Oh, yeah. And then my grandma visited every night at 3 a.m. That's the time of high strangeness, by the way. That's a big, very common pattern where people get visitations. Oh, really? That, yeah, that, that sort of uh, that 3 a.m. hour. We, we've been calling it the time of high strangeness. You know, I, I love this because here you are trusting your senses even if it's a sixth sense that all of scientific uh disciplines can't agree on here we are still trusting it because you know what we have to trust our gut our senses that that small voice in the back of our mind that's that's telling us because it's coming from somewhere it feels Mm -hmm. true and it often delivers results yeah well absolutely True Unfortunately, this is the time. Sorry, this is the time where we have to go to break, but we'll be right back uh, with more of the crime scene, crime scene queens. Yes. All right, we're back with Laura and Shelley from Crime Scene Queens, and look, the thought I was having right before we I had to interrupt us all to go to break. Um, I wonder if some of this stuff is, I I have to ask, are you, because of the nature of your work with the dead, do you feel that that brings you closer to the other side? Or is it the fact that you're already in touch with the other side that sort of brought you to work with the dead? Good question. Ooh, that's a great question. If you don't mind, Laura, I'm going to jump in on that one. Yep. I want to say... I feel like I've already experienced it. And so it just enlightened me. So I had this, you know, with prior experiences when I was little, it was great. And I felt like I had a connection with either the dead or, you know, with some weird paranormal stuff. And I think it made my brain understand that I'm not crazy because I can deal with it better. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Totally. (laughs) Yeah. See, I'm not crazy. Yeah. No, I think it just, I think it enhanced, I think it enhanced it. It made me want to, you know, I I love forensics. I think that's where my passion came from was this deep rooted belief and experiences, the the experiences that I had. Incredible. Yeah. That Ouija board, man. (laughs) Yikes. All right. Well, we have a game that we like to play with all of our guests. I'm going to go down a list of phenomena. And if you're open to it, you're going to say, believe it. If you're not open to it, you're going to say, bullshit. There's no in-between for the sake of this game. Okay? Okay. Yep. There's, 
if there's something you want to revisit, we'll circle back and we'll uh, we'll 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 talk more about it. This is a game that we call bullshit or believe it. Cryptid Crypt Edition. All right, Laura, Shelly, yeah. on yes. your marks, get set. Hold on, before we do this, should I mm-hmm. say like Shelly and then believe it or bullshit, and then Laura can say the same that way. Like, you know, the you difference? guys could just spurt out your answers. I yeah, think. we'll okay. figure it out. We'll figure it out. Okay. Okay. All right. On your marks. Get set. Ghosts. Believe. Sure. Yeah. That's yes. not an answer. Believe it or that, bullshit. Yeah. Thank you. There's thank not, you. Between. not in the same way that you're thinking, though. I believe no, it doesn't in... matter. Nope. 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 There's because no. It's, it's believe it or bullshit. Okay. Well, well, nope. Laura, Laura, nope. Nope, All right, we're already off to rocky start here. Start here, ladies. Okay, <laughs> we'll circle back. You got to say believe it or bullshit. Okay, that's it's forcing you got into it. a corner. Okay. Okay, then yes. Here we go. Great. No, believe it then. Believe it. Believe it. Thank believe you. Believe it. Okay, aliens. Believe it. No, bullshit. It's cl- Bigfoot. There you go. Yeah, believe I'd it. like that to be true. <laughs> Okay, so you say believe it or bullshit. <laughs> Laura, Laura, this isn't rocket science. <laughs> it's believe it or bullshit. It's I like that it. answer. I'd like it to be true. <laughs> I almost want to accept that. Thank you, All right, Bryce. All right, Laura. Here we go. Believe it. God. Zombie, zombies. <laughs> bullshit. Werewolves. There you go. Believe bullshit. it. Shapeshifters. Believe it. Uh... Believe it. Ouija boards. Believe 100%. Believe it. <laughs> Passionately <laughs> believe it. Um, believe it, but never mind. We're not allowed to qualify it, so believe it. Shadow people. I don't know what believe that it. is. Like, some people wake up in the middle of the night and they see shadow <laughs> entities walking around their room. Oh, yes. Believe it. Yeesh. Horror movies. Believe it. What do you... Wait. That's that's. Are you into it or not? Are you into it or not? I'm throwing a little curveball here, guys. It's a fun Halloween edition. Bullshit, bullshit. Witches. Yes, believe Believe it. it. Portals to hell. (laughs) Bullshit. Bullshit. (laughs) Curses. Believe Believe it. it. Demons. Believe it. Believe it. Things get weird when there's a full moon. Believe, believe it, it, believe it, believe it. <laughs> Psychic vampires. Believe it. Bullshit. Regular vampires. Bullshit. Bullshit. Black magic. Believe it. Believe it. Fortune telling. Believe it. Believe it. Ish. Yeah. Egging a house. Hell believe yeah. it. Believe <laughs> it. Ha- haunted dolls. Believe it. believe it. Robert the doll is down here. There you go. Bat squatch. Bullshit. Bat squatch? Is that food? Yeah, it's a it's a really big <laughs> giant bat monster from uh Washington state they call bat squatch. <laughs> okay, believe it. <laughs> Spiders are scary. Believe that shit. Bullshit. I'll step on you. Candy corn. Believe it. Believe it. Reese's peanut butter cups. Believe it. Believe it multiple times in a row. 
Mm-hmm. Dressing up for Halloween. Believe it. Uh, believe it. Great. Yeah, All right. Yeah. We got off to a rocky start, Laura. Sorry Marty I had to guy. come down hard on the rules. Okay. But here we go. Now, we, we yeah. can circle back. I think we had Ghosts was the first one. Yes. 100% believe it. Believe it. Laura, you were... Oh, okay. Oh, you're you asking to me to call. All right. So I think that there are things that exist, but I don't always believe that the form that it's showing you is the true nature of the being that you're seeing. Great. I Great. think that there well are said. deceptive like spirits that... Yeah. Like, I think there are deceptive mm-hmm. spirits that are seemingly ami- like amicable or amiable, and then they're not. They're actually malicious, but they loop... They, that kind of hook you by presenting this person that you're oh, grieving or this situation. Like, I don't know how to explain it. I think that ah. happens a lot on Ouija boards. I think that's the thing. Yeah. That's Ouija what I meant also with Ouija boards. Going. I don't think that what's you have, communicating you have no with system you. system of verification. Yeah. There's yeah, not you a have system. No system of verification. <laughs> it's, it's, um, not what was the other? Oh, the th- things get weird when there's a full moon. I was excited that oh. you both were like, "Oh hell yeah!" Oh yeah, without oh, yeah. Fail. full moons bring out like there are memes, yeah, you guys, really? upon memes upon memes about the Q word that I mentioned earlier, and about mm-hmm. the full moon, like and Mercury retrograde. Um, so people just go bananas during these times. Yes. <laughs> Great. <laughs> People go crazy during full moons and family holidays. Like, I have been called out on Christmas <laughs> stabbings so many times. It's annoying. What about Stop Halloween? Is is Christmas worse? Is Christmas worse than Halloween? A hundred percent. Because in Christmas, you're like, and Thanksgiving, anything where like your family gathers mm-hmm. for long periods of time, and then people start talking shit about who's married and who's divorced and who doesn't have kids yet and who should and who's a bum and this like halloween everybody goes Mm trick-or-treating so they're out of the house and out of each other's ether but particularly with covid we saw like so much more domestic violence yeah oh yeah sad yeah Yeah, that's so before you go guys halloween can, Halloween, can we just, can safer we just, than Christmas, everyone. A hundred percent. Yes. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Love I, I want to hit, like, I'm, I'm excited for you to start to talk about a couple more of these, these areas, these topics. Um, which ones popped up for you? Like shapeshifter. Shapeshifter. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we got some, we got a strong belief out of you of werewolves and shapeshifters. Yeah. So what did Laura say about shapeshifters? I said bullshit. yes, but I also kind of tie oh, it back to, to the werewolves. same thing. Like, did I say? Yeah, no, it makes sense saying what you. Yeah, I just I think hearing what you said before, that makes sense. Yeah. And and what did Shelly say about shapeshifting? You said hell yeah. I I thought hell yeah was what I. Yeah. You know why? Yes. Tell us. Because, you know, like Transformers more than meets the eye. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, same thing. Right. And if you're going to tell me no, then I'm going to say, well, then I'm going to wear a shapeshifter under a tight dress. So I look better. Yeah, All right, fair enough. It's I'm what totally it means kidding. to no, you. Totally, no, it's what a, it, I, I know. I know what it is. <laughs> but that's funny, right? It's okay, great. it's not funny. All right, all right, dad <laughs> joke. Sorry, that was my. Sorry, I'll just, I'll just sit here and look pretty. 
All good. All right. Well, <laughs> let's get to this week's story of high strangeness. It's the moment uh, we've all been waiting for. We're going to look back and pull a scary story um, or a story of high strangeness from history. Now, uh, I couldn't get two weeks into Zombie Bigfoot's Crypt Crypt Month without visiting a haunted house. You know, yes. we had to do it. Um, obviously, we already mentioned the uh, Robert the Haunted Doll. Um, right. the, you know, lots of haunted houses down in the Florida Keys areas, yep. I feel, area, I feel like. And um, St. Augustine. Yeah, St. Augustine we did. Have you ever heard of the St. Augustine's monster, the sea monster that washed up on shore there? No. Oh, we did it over on the other side, but uh, some weird carcass washed up on shore at the turn of the century, and they put it on display in the town center of St. Augustine. <laughs> so delightful. look it up. Yeah, it's delightful. Well, tonight we're going to be talking about a very haunted place in the United States of America, right in the heart of America in St. Louis, Missouri. We're talking about the haunted Lemp Mansion. Considered to be one of the most haunted places in America, the Lemp Mansion of St. Louis, Missouri was host to tragedy and trauma. Its history is possibly one of the darkest and most morose subjects of, of high strangeness we've covered. So consider this to be your warning, dear Club Scouts. At its height, the mansion was home to one of St. Louis's most premier families, the Lemps, who made their fortune from their family brewery. And in some of the uh, research I looked up, they were called beer barons, which I think is my new favorite term. Love that, yeah. It's an yeah. alliteration, too. Always a delight. The Lemp fortune began when with Johann Adam Lemp, a German immigrant who settled in St. Louis, Missouri back in 1838. Lemp began his American empire as a grocer, opening a small store on a location very close to where the St. Louis Arch stands today. Eventually, Lemp began brewing and selling his own beer, which became popular with all of the other German immigrants in the area. This led to Lemp founding the Western Brewery in the 1840s. One of Lemp's innovations was storing his beer in an underground cave near the St. Louis River, a practice which was soon imitated by other budding breweries. The thriving family business was inherited by William Lemp, Adam's son. And William would take what his father had built and turn the flagship beer of the Lemp Western Brewing Company, Falstaff Beer, into a global brand. William expanded on the underground cavern cooling system, which led him to develop early mass refrigeration techniques, allowing Lemp beer to be preserved, shipped, and sold all over the nation and in Europe. In the 1860s, Lemp's Western Brewery was the leading brewery company in St. Louis, outselling their competitors, Anheuser-Busch, and their Budweiser beer. It was during William's reign that the Lemp Mansion was built and routinely expanded to incorporate more rooms and office space for the brewery. William built a tunnel leading from the mansion to the underground caverns of the ever-expanding brewery, which now took up five city blocks. A heated underground pool and a live performance theater and a bowling alley were built beneath the mansion to entertain the elite of St. Louis. 
By all definitions, the Lemps were the poster family of the American dream, wealthy, powerful, and prosperous. But in the early 1900s, misfortune set its eye upon William and his eight children. A string of traumatic events would lead many in the public to believe that the Lemps had been cursed. It all began in 1901 when William's son, Frederick, died of heart failure. Unexpectedly, William, who had been growing his father's empire since the 1860s, slipped into an ever-deepening depression and his grip on the business began to loosen. Three years after Frederick's unexpected death, William's best friend, Frederick Pabst, that's right, of Pabst Blue Ribbon, died in January of 1904. William grew despondent, retreating from the family business altogether, and one month later, he shot himself in the head in the Lemp family mansion. I knew something like that was coming soon. Yeah. Yep. Uh, I'm going to tell you, the hits just keep coming. Oh, no. Tell me more. <laughs> William Jr. took over the family business, and unfortunately, he lacked his father and grandfather's business acumen. In fact, William Jr. was pretty much a grade A fuckboy of the early, early 20th century. <laughs> I love this Not so much up, right but now. A fuck boy. Yeah. <laughs> During William Jr.'s tenure, the family brand began to decline as competition from the other breweries in the area grew stiffer. They William were Jr. spent most Yeah, That's spent right. mo he spent most of his time partying with sex workers down in those caverns uh, while he was married to a woman from a wealthy family named Lillian Handley, aka the Lavender Lady as she was known for her favorite color of dress and accessories and purple carriage harnesses for her horses. William Jr. and Lily blew through the family inheritance. William allegedly gave his trophy wife a $1,000 per day allowance. This is back in the early 1900s, I want to remind everybody. $1,000 per day and demanded that if she didn't spend it, she'd be cut off from any future payments. Damn. Although the... <laughs> Yeah. Although the couple only had one, he wanted her to shop. Although the couple only had one son, William III, William Jr. allegedly had an illegitimate son with a sex worker from one of those parties. The boy was kept secret from the public and was born with Down syndrome and raised in the attic quarters of the mansion with the servants. Yikes. This is bad news, Bears. Yeah. Dark, yeah. dark, dark. Never came house. out of the house, was in the attic. Yes. Flowers in the attic, only not yep. the same. <laughs> nope. Given the the boy was also given the cruel nickname, the monkey face boy. Aww. And his spirit is said to haunt the mansion to this very day. As it should. In 19... Yeah, buddy, this is this poor kid. In 19... There's so many, there's so many things in this story that we're going to hear where it's like, it could... There was a lot... You guys, it didn't have to be this bad. In 1909, William Jr. and Lillian had a very public and very scandalous divorce in which she narrowly won custody of William III. Uh, she almost lost custody because somebody took a photo of her smoking a cigarette and passed it around and people were like, what? she's un unfit to be a mother. The she drama. Does she from the left-hand side? 
<laughs> yeah. The business continued to decline, and by the time World War I broke out, William Jr. had all but squandered his entire family fortune. I mean, relatively speaking, they still had money and assets and all that stuff, but the 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 brewery was on the way out. When Prohibition rolled around in 1919, William Jr. sold the rights to Falstaff beer and shut down the brewery for good. In 1920, William Jr.'s baby sister, Elsa, uh, who was now grown and had supposedly been suffering through a rocky marriage of her own, shot herself in the head in her home, just like their father had. And there was uh, there's some thoughts, some theories that maybe she had been murdered. She fought with her husband, got divorced, got remarried. And then like a month or two after they remarried, she committed um she she died by suicide so some people think that maybe her uh husband had murdered her um mm. the family curse was sinking its talents into william jr by this point he too succumbed to a deep depression he started behaving erratically and nervously and shut himself away from the public eye in 1922 he ultimately followed his father and sister's footsteps shooting himself in the head with a 38 caliber rifle on the ground floor of the mansion. Damn, a 38. Yep. William Jr. had two living brothers, Charles and Edwin, who were not part of the family business. And in the late 20s, Charles, a banker, moved back into the mansion where he lived with William's illegitimate son, the one who was in the attic, and who eventually died in the mansion in his 30s. And the poor illegitimate son was buried in a simple plot with a gravestone that simply read Lemp. As Charles aged over the next two decades, his mental health declined. He developed an ever-increasing phobia of germs. He wore gloves at all times to protect himself and washed his hands obsessively. He did manage to outlive his nephew, William III, who died of a heart attack in 1943. Eventually, though, the family curse took hold of Charles. One dreadful night in 1949, he loaded a gun, shot his faithful Doberman Pinscher, then walked up the mansion stairs to his room and shot himself. I mean, I was sad for him until he killed the dog. I know, he should have reversed the order. Right. Yeah, yeah, seriously. His (laughs) body was found by by one of the servants the next morning along with a suicide note that read St. Louis month May 9th 1949 in case I am found dead blame it on no one but me C.H.A. Lemp his dog was found dead halfway up the stairs poor baby I know and he this guy was really strange apparently he eight years prior to his suicide he visited the morgue and was like Okay, if I die, I want um, I don't want my body to be handled. I don't want to be undressed. Like, even in death, he was terrified of other people's germs. He was like, burn me, <laughs> burn me, and bury my ashes on, oh, on my man. farm. He had a farm outside of town. Unfortunately, those kinds, of, those kinds of wishes don't get fulfilled a lot of times. <laughs> yeah. God, sell that Rolls Royce and get some psychotherapy. Jeez. No Holla. joke, guys. Clearly, we are all struggling with something here. The only surviving sibling, Edwin, lived to be 90 years old, away from the family in Kirkwood, Missouri. Upon his death of natural causes, he instructed his servants to burn the family's entire art collection and all of the family heirlooms. 
Wow. The, that's, the Lemp wow, family that's empire and bloodline and bloodline ended in the in a in a burning blaze. Why are they all such dicks? I mean, they all get like taken out dogs, know. burning art. Like, come on now. Yeah, that art could have that, gone to that, museums. It could have gone to other families. He burned well, all the heirlooms. Ritual, it sounds ritualistic to me. Yeah. Obviously, they're trying to vex some type of ancient curse they think was bestowed upon them. Something yeah. is going yeah. on. Yeah. I mean, however, how? Yeah. yeah. No, no. I'm just thinking like. Like thinking about what Bryce is saying, like he's like making it nice. Oh, he's trying to end the curse for humankind. But basically, everything else I've heard about this family is they're kind of dicks. So I don't know if he was that yeah, kind. No, I think well, they I meant just, just needed... end the curse on his family, not not all, not everybody. His family was dead with him. Yeah, yeah, I don't know, crazy. So after, uh, after, after Edwin's death. The mansion became a boarding house. And during the second half of the 20th century, the neighborhood fell to ruin. The mansion grounds were cut in half to make room for Interstate 55 in the 1960s. And the Lemp home became old, deteriorated, and despite all of their family members being dead, their spirits and those of the people who dwelled in the mansion years after may yet live on. In the mid-1970s, an investor named Dick Pointer bought the property. <laughs> I mean, come on. I can't with that. Come on. I'm not Dick mature Pointer. enough for that, Michael. I am not mature enough. <laughs> this is almost as good as that. Dick Shaver, who is Richard Shaver, who's turned up a lot on this podcast. Oh, Dick God. Pointer. Dick Pointer bought the property and turned it into a bar and restaurant. It was during renovations, uh, and they restored it into the to its original like eighteen like Victorian age splendor. It was during the renovations that construction workers started uh, reporting paranormal activity involving strange knocks, vanishing tools and equipment, and even the occasional full form floating apparition. The workers also reported the sense of ever present staring eyes and patiently watching their every move. Yeah. The supernatural interruptions were too much for some who simply walked off the site and never returned to the job. Today, the Lemp Mansion is a bed and breakfast with a fine dining restaurant and dinner mystery theater. Guests can Ooh. check into the Elsa Lemp Suite, the most haunted room on the property. Let's go. Poltergeist act- shot in the chest. <laughs> yeah. Poltergeist <laughs> activity continues to this day, especially in the restaurant where doors lock and unlock themselves and glasses have been seen flying across the room and shattering against the wall. Also, yes. drinks are known to stir themselves, which I think is kind of fun. That's, that's cool. helpful. Very, very Mary Poppinsy. Yeah. Other stories tell of the monkey-faced boy who can be seen peeking out of the attic windows to passerbys on the street. Some people claim to have heard him whisper, come play with me during paranormal investigations. Uh, also, toys have been left for him to play with and inexplicably vanish and reappear in, in different parts of the attic. One incident involves a paranormal investigator who had their hair pulled by an unseen force while visiting the <laughs> attic. That would suck. That's no fun. 
Disembodied voices of wayward souls who had lived in the boarding house are also heard. Their forms are sometimes seen. Staffers say the attic is one of the most haunted places in the building, along with the back stairway where the sounds of a panting dog dragging its chain up the steps can be heard. So sad. And the underground caverns, which have come to be affectionately known as the gates of hell. I think oh, the... Uh, ca- the Sounds um, great. I think actually it's the stairway where they the the tunnel has been paved over and they hear a lot of activity down in that mm. paved over tunnel. Yeah. Finally, the ghost of Fuckboy Supreme himself, William Jr., has been seen often in the ladies' room where guests <laughs> oh, will sometimes man. spot him peeking over the bathroom stalls for a little eyeful before vanishing into thin air. Some bad behaviors it seems <laughs> truly never die and that is the story of the haunted limp mansion I so can it. i just ask a quick question yeah yes so who was dick pointer again dick pointer <laughs> dick pointer is just the guy who shows up and buys the mansion and renovates it in the 70s no. so and it was dick pointer buys limp brewery <laughs> yep. Well, not the brewery. Yeah, but the Lemp Mansion. Le- a very Dick Pointer provides a Lemp a Lemp Mansion. Yes. Like, I see what you did there, and I don't appreciate it. <laughs> yes, you do. <laughs> Good voice, Bryce. Nice. I actually, I was impressed. That's, that's yeah. solid. I need more of that in my life. That wasn't Bryce. Bryce is no longer on the call. Uh, Laura Shelley, what the hell was that? What do you think? Do you think that uh, we've got a curse? Do you think we have a haunted house? What's going on with this mansion? Yeah, obviously. I mean, there's definitely, you know, yeah, they're, they're definitely appearing and they're probably like, this is our house. Can you guys leave? Like, that's where they're pulling that chick's hair, dude's hair. You know, they're just like, get out of here. You know, like, leave us alone. This is our house. They're not welcoming anyone. I mean, I'm sure there's a certain amount of wishful thinking, right? Because it sounds like people go there because they want it to be true. So I yeah, think it's a big we, destination, yeah. paranormal destination right. for I sure. Mean, the poor kid in the attic, he just wants people to play with him. So like, I know. yeah, like, yeah. How yeah. much do you think this I, staff I totally plays the part, though? Because that's like their money maker. I don't know. I mean, oh, I've known, I, I feel like, I feel like in that case, there's people that are just trying to work a regular job and they're working a regular job in a haunted house. I mean, here in L.A., we have so many haunted hotels and bars. Yeah, and you, you can hear we've, we had a friend of the show, Chris Ogilvie, on the other side or Patreon. Mm-hmm. This has been years ago now, and he worked in a bunch of haunted places on Hollywood Boulevard. And he's like. I saw feet walking through. I saw people walking through the window, like the mm-hmm. 10th story window outside. I think some people are just like, yeah, this just shit happens while I'm trying to do my job. And it surprises them. You know, That's cool. Mm. Yeah. I love it. I mean, that's super rad. Yeah. I'm more interested in this idea. If, uh, th- that if, if curses are real, mm-hmm. are curses are, are generational curses a real thing? Because they certainly sound like they are. Or is this just another uh, story of excessive uh, monetary gain gone wrong and just a I, lot of lack of affection in the household? Uh, I think this is an undiagnosed genetic, like mental health 
disorders being passed down from like family, a self-fulfilling you know, prophecy like, uh, couched under this idea of a curse. I don't think it's a, a curse. I think the I think the curse. Yeah, mm. I think this is the curse. I think that they're getting the curse from the public who's watching them and being like, "Oh no!" Like, like when we do it, you know, like there's a Superman right. curse or a Kennedy curse, that kind of stuff. I think because all of them developed. They all said like they would get older and they'd become very nervous, erratic and shut themselves up. This sounds like some really, really, really hard OCD and maybe mm. dementia, maybe some mental mm-hmm. health stuff. Um, sure. And maybe Can some generational trauma that we don't know about, you know, but it's I mean, all of those suicides, it's wild. That is a little strange. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, suicide is definitely I, I, I'm a firm believer that suicide is uh, genetically passed down mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, so you have to make a, a conscious effort to stop the cycle. But, you know, listen to that story. The You know, the one thing that really stood out for me is. I am always freaked out when I go to the bathroom. I'm like, if I'm in a public toilet, first of all, I'm so short, my legs just swing. I, they don't touch mm-hmm. the floor. So I'm not going to you know, be able to get off the toilet and just run really fast because I got to like jump off the toilet. So I'm always scared that there's going to be like snakes in the toilet. And I'm always scared that I'm going to have someone like looking over or under and oh, especially no. like something like a paranormal type thing. So I will not pee in that mansion. No, I think that's a safe bet. I'm good. Shelly, I think that's a safe bet. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. This is just, I don't know what it is, Bryce. I mean, it's hard to say it's not cursed. What, you know, when, you know what I mean? When something's generational and not being addressed, you know, you could call it a curse. Um, Absolutely. I think like this is just one of those stories where you're, you read it, you read the history, it's fascinating, and you're like, yeah, this seems like the backstory to every haunted house movie I've ever seen oh, in totally. my life. Oh, my you God. Know? Yeah, child in the attic, unloved child in the attic, uh, just family, family in squabbling, fighting over fucking money, uh, and then just death becomes them. Yeah. Death becomes okay. Them. So I, I have a I have a group question. So mm. let, let's let's think about this, right? So we're talking about scary movies. In every scary movie, not everyone, because there's you know some of them that this doesn't happen, but the majority of scary movies, if I hear a voice, if I'm on vacation, or if I just moved into a house and I hear a voice that says, "Get out," yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I'm not staying. Well, that's why you're that's why you're receiving your laminated Bigfoot Collectors Club card because <laughs> oh, we've said you. it once and we'll say it again. It's best to just get the fuck out. <laughs> yeah, you can have my bags, take my makeup, take whatever you want. I'm out. Am I the yeah, only you... thing except the clothes on my body? Am I the only cynical bitch that would be like, why? <laughs> yes, you are. Right, right, <laughs> yes, right, you are. Right. Like, listen, yeah. I feel like creepy shit has happened to me and I kind of treated it agnostically. Yeah, I see you. Yes. Okay, bye. Right. Like, unless you're going to put up or shut up, I really am not going to be bothered by this. So I don't know. Well, that's why. Yeah, I don't know. That's just how it's worked. I mean, me. like at work, that's why, you know, I- I'm like, hey, I'm nice. I'm friendly. Like, I'm coming yeah. in the bathroom. going to join you. Like, yeah. you need toilet paper? Like, what do you need? I'm good. Yeah, like, but we're she's friends. not talking shit to you, though. Like... No, she's not. And she's like, nice. She, you know, whatever. She's fine. 
I mean, I don't well, want to talk. Going back to what we were talking about earlier. She actually seems bo- like she's turning the light on for you ahead of time. Like she can <laughs> sense when you have to pee. And she's like, I need you know to what? tell her thank light you. Light a candle. Let me get the debris out. I am t- <laughs> I'm totally going to tell her thank you. You should leave I can't a, get this idea of a of a fuckboy super ghost out of my mind now. <laughs> it's a slutty ghost. I was going to say you should leave a a, do- a bowl and just put dollars in there for her. You Impregnates know I mean? all the other ghosts. <laughs> oh my god! Ghost like is ghost- still around. What if she hands out like ghost mints in the bathroom and like ghost, ghost condoms? Cologne? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you guys, you guys might be excited to learn that about ten years ago, uh, someone uh, a fraud appeared in St. Louis pretending to be the long-lost, like, limp heir of the family and started swindling a bunch of people in the community out of money before they realized that he was, he was a total <laughs> grifter. So the I love that the, like, the, the family spirit lives on in so many different ways. It's it's wild. Um, That's funny. Yeah. yeah. Spooky stuff. Spooky, spooky. spooky. Love it. I do have to say, one of you guys asked in that question thing that apparently I couldn't get a grip on um, (laughs) about horror movies. So here's the deal. I watch very stupid television. I see enough of this nonsense regularly. So when I watch something for entertainment, I want Rick and Morty. I want housewives shows. I don't want to be intellectually stimulated. I'm done. However, I love haunted shit. Like I love the conjuring movies. I am in love. So there's like a butt. So I don't want to watch hostile. I don't want to watch any of that other crap, but haunted shit. I'm down. Great. Interesting. Love it. Great. Somebody needs to make yeah. a good limp mansion movie, and then uh, we'll all. Yes, we'll Dick all. Pointer like should make a good limp. Dick Pointer should. <laughs> well, like the haunting yeah. of Bly Manor sound, like the uh, haunting yes. of Hill House. There could be haunting this of is limp. a very Hill House. Yeah, I'm not going to be able to sleep tonight. Vibes. I'm going to yeah. be awake all night long. I'm going to feel someone touching, caressing my face. Like, I just, yeah, I don't know about this life. Oh, well. And with that note, it. let's send everyone off to bed. Uh, Laura, Shelley, thank you. Thank you so much for being here. True delight. Yes. Um, thank you. I hope you didn't thank think you. I was being too harsh and bullshit or believe it. It's a long running joke that people <laughs> that I, I come down firm on the rules. So Shelly yelled at me more than you. Yes. It's literally, it's, it's, it's All right, lawyer. One or the other. It's, okay. But so here's God. the difference. I want to explain the difference in Shelly's world it is or it isn't and in forensics oh. there's a spectrum of of like Shelly. matches or doesn't match <laughs> no nope. yes Shelly, shelly's playing right. the game right uh, and yeah, the whole other part of the show the rest <laughs> of the show is about the spectrum <laughs> the rest about the, the the rest of the show is about spectrum bullshit and believe it you got to come down on a i like scale. to truly and authentically answer questions <laughs> No, right. I love bullshit. I was so excited about bullshit or believe it. I'm like, hit me. You're like, ready, set. And I'm like, he's going to say ghost and I'm going to say believe it. You I was so it. excited. You I did didn't it. know. I expected different questions. All right. Laura, it's okay. When you're a Gen X, you know, you, yeah. you just get it. I'm fired. <laughs> That's right. The Gen X thing. <laughs> Laura, you're fantastic. Uh, where can people find you? Where can people find the podcast? Crime any scene platform. Yep, we're on everything. Crime we're, scene queens. Any platform. 
Thank God right. nobody they can had even that email name. Email us at hello crime scene. I know, right? They can even email us at hello at crimescenequeens.com. They can find us on TikTok, on Instagram. We're on all social media. And when you go on there, you're gonna see me doing some crazy like videos. And then here's Laura and she's like <laughs> in the middle of a hurricane. I did do Love one it. of those. <laughs> she did. She totally did a hurricane video. You got well, to. You got to do the hurricane video. We always have, um, again, Floridians are what we are, right? So um, there's lots of hurricane videos of people going out in the storm uh, in various states of inebriation and sometimes various states <laughs> of clothing. But typically we do like to take a wet dog blowing around in the wind picture though i didn't do it this time because i in fact have made people and i was with them yes good job <laughs> on making humans i right. i made i made them almost all by myself <laughs> well That's uh we're for another episode we're glad that you weathered the storm with us thank you and lamp the lamp family and of course dick pointer yes. uh crime scene queens thank you so much uh thank we you. we love you guys we're fans and now you're you're officially part of, of the bcc clubhouse so thank you i so love much. it thank you you guys thank are you awesome so thank much, you, you guys. so much Appreciate i love you. it very appreciate it thank you Oh man, boy, oh boy! Nothing like a harrowing bullshit or believe it segment to, uh, to get you in the back, back in the spirit of the season. Um, I also do enjoy that I just threw in some fun things and it really <laughs> derailed. You know, I yeah. got keeping everybody on their toes. Um, Absolutely. All right, everybody. If you love this episode, please like, follow, rate, and review us on your favorite podcast app. If you drop us a five star review on Apple Podcasts, we might. Read it on the show like this one, which I'm going to read because Riley's not here. From Ryan237631, nice podcast about stuff that's strange. Came for the Bigfoot, stayed for the personalities. These boys are great and have great chemistry. I had to drop a review because they were whining about a 4.8 star average review (laughs) in the last podcast. Love the wet, hot alien summers, but all caps. Need more Bigfoot five stars. Ah, uh, thanks, Ryan. Appreciate that, man. Thanks, Ryan. We're Sounds like you're. To... Yeah, we're looking for more Bigfoot. Also, also looks yeah. like uh, you're you're a little behind in the show. I'll say that you're about a year behind in the show. So by the time you hear this, I'll have stopped whining about the four point eight. Now I'm whining about a four point nine. But I don't think we can ever fix it because. Uh, we've pissed off too many people in the past. But here's the good news, Ryan. There is more Bigfoot on the way. <laughs> oh, yeah. Lots more Bigfoot. There will always be more Bigfoot. Well, um, there you go. And yeah. look, I'm going to I'm gonna put out an APB, if you don't mind here, to all of our club scouts listening. Well, right now. If you've been with us this far and you guys haven't checked out our Patreon, BCC the other side, please do so. Just give it a shot. It's the best way really, to support our show and reward us uh, for all this great free content uh, by rewarding yourself with three bonus episodes that we're going to give you guys every month, plus access to our entire exclusive episode archive, which is about as large as our actual main feed. So just go over there to the patreon.com slash Bigfoot Collectors Club, browse around, check it out, and click that subscribe button. Uh, You won't regret it. That's right. Patreon.com slash Bigfoot Collectors Club. Uh, also, write to us with your personal stories of high strangeness at Bigfoot Collectors Club at gmail.com. 
Don't forget to follow us on Instagram. Guys, there are a lot of you who don't, who are listening. It's yeah. basically like the visual aid of the entire show. We put up pictures over there about our stories of high strangeness. Uh, so, you, you know, I know that probably not all of you are on Instagram, but I know there's some of you listening who are on Instagram and you're not following. So definitely follow us over there. And while you're there, give me a follow as well at McMills. My other podcast, Let Your Name, about working in Hollywood is coming back this month. Check out the latest episodes wherever podcasts are free. That's right. Follow us all on Instagram because I'm just at Mr. Bryce Johnson and Riley's at Peace Drone. So just give us all a follow. And on our Instagram, which Michael just talked about, we have a great little link tree that he set up where you can find links to all our stuff, our merch, our cameos. Uh, hit us up there. Guys, I know we said this last week or the week before, but I'm having a fuck ton of fun uh, with these cameos. Yeah, I- me too. I just got another birthday one this week. It was a blast. I'm showing you all the secrets that I can share of, of behind the scenes <laughs> stuff. So hop on over to Cameo and get a get a Cameo for your loved one. Um, all right. That's all for now. See you on the other side or back here next week for an all new episode. Until then, good night. And go get regressed. Oh, 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 oh. Bigfoot Collectors Club is produced by Riley Bray and Michael McMillan and scored and engineered by Riley Bray. Our theme song, Come Alone, is by Sun Eaters, courtesy of Lotus Pool Records. Do us a favor and support the show and unlock three bonus episodes every month by becoming a member of our Patreon, BCC The Other Side, which can be found at patreon.com slash bigfootcollectorsclub. Hey, this is Eric Malinsky, host of the podcast Imaginary Worlds. Each episode, I explore different sci-fi fantasy genres, talking with filmmakers, novelists, game designers, cosplayers, comic book artists, and anyone who works in the field of make-believe. I also look at the fan experience, asking, why do we suspend our disbelief? You can subscribe to Imaginary Worlds wherever you get your podcasts. On a summer night, Douglas Wagg Jr. lay motionless across a strip of railroad tracks before being struck by an oncoming train. I'm investigative journalist Delia D'Ambra, and my investigation into exactly how Doug died took me into the depths of a bizarre mystery. It was really hard to understand what was fact and what wasn't. A mystery that has led me from one suspicious death to another. Listen to CounterClock now, wherever you listen to podcasts.